This weekend is your last opportunity to take advantage of Western Outdoor News' best deal of the year. What's the deal, you ask? Well, the deal is one year of the print edition of Western Outdoor News for only $35, and you can get an additional subscription for a friend or a family member for as little as $15 each. Give the gift of a full year of the print edition of Western Outdoor News for only $15 each. You've got to act fast because this deal expires Monday, January 17th. If you listen to this show each week, you owe it to yourself to pull the trigger and get a subscription and see what you're missing. Visit wonews.com or tap the link right in the show description on your device to claim this deal. If you go out there first try thinking you're going to just nail them and lights out, it's it's definitely not going to happen. It takes a long time to learn these fish. All right, this week on Western Outdoor News, we've got an in-depth discussion about catching striped bass in salt water. You read the recent article in Western Outdoor News about a surf fisherman catching three striper from the shore. So on this week's episode, we have a conversation with somebody else who has some striper success. This is Dylan Rodden from the Hog Squad Fishing YouTube channel. He discusses his past and present success catching striper in the salt. But before we get into that conversation, let's jump through the many stories in this week's Western Outdoor News, available digitally now and on newsstands starting on January 14th. Hunters are welcoming the increase in duck duck numbers. Hunters are welcoming the increase in duck numbers across the Pacific Flyway as the waterfowl season reaches a climax. Plus, we have an in-depth report on pheasant shooting from the High Desert Hunt Club. When we talk about the season coming to a close, we actually posted on our social media platforms the January sporting calendar. So January 30th, the goose season closes, along with the quail season, the general tree squirrel season. Watch out, squirrels. You finally got your time to shine. We got the rabbit season and the hare season coming to a close on January 30th. January 31st, duck season closes, and that's for most of the state. Sturgeon fishing fans will be pleased Pleased to read our on-the-spot reports of the Bay Area Delta bite starting to pick up for those sturgeon. Check out page one for a caught and released 58-inch sturgeon. This uh, incredible fish fell to a dry-cured roe bait doused in anise. We also celebrate the life of legendary Captain Don Hansen, famed for his Dana Point sport fishing landing and fishery management work. We look at his life on page 11 following his recent passing. Recently announced a memorial event is taking place January 29th at 11 a.m. at the Ocean Institute at Dana Point Harbor. If you'd like to pay your respects to a man who uh, is largely responsible for the fishing community here in Dana Point in Southern California as a whole. That's January 29th at 11 a.m. at the Ocean Institute in Dana Point Harbor. On to some more news. With the storms and the snow hitting the Sierras hard, we've got the latest reports on accessible waters and catch numbers for anyone seeking trophy winter trout. With all the snow and the rain happening this year, it's something to definitely keep an eye on, and we've got you covered in Western Outdoor News. 
As always, we've got the best outdoor writers detailing the seasonal tactics that you need to know about. And in this issue, we cover tips for making bait on your next long range offshore fishing trips. We talk about finesse tactics for winter largemouth bass, and we have information on the new 2022 rockfish bag limits. All this, plus the usual catch reports, news coverage, fish counts, stocking schedules, it's all in a action-packed issue of Western Outdoor News out January 14th. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? On to our main feature today, we talked to Dylan Rodden from the Hog Squad Fishing Channel on YouTube. He talks about a video that was uploaded about nine months ago of him and his friends catching striped bass in the salt water here in Southern California. So this is a big topic. Anytime we post about it or, or write about it in Western Outdoor News, it gets a lot of people talking. It seems like it's a big bucket list fish catching striper in salt water. And Dylan seems to have cracked a code. So he talks about the video it's linked in the show description right on your phone if you wanted to watch it directly and then jump back into the interview you can hear straight from dylan right here on the western outdoor news podcast yeah so that video was in late february it was we filmed it and um we were basically just out there it was the first part of the video the first portion of the video you see that was in the summertime and that was my first time connecting at that spot. And I was like a small schoolie striper. But then once we went into, um, what was it, um, later on, and it was it was like um, we're going back there. I'd been skunked like 12 times in a row directly after. And learning that spot is like a, it's one of the river inlets in California. So it's like the San Gabriel Inlet. And um we were just learning and then all of a sudden I go there, I get broken off two casts in a row by big striper. And then it was a third cast. I finally connected and landed that first fish in the video. And then we went back the following night and just went lights out on them. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I know guys, uh, we've had a, many of them on the podcast here who, you know, walk up and down the shore of our freshwater lakes down here in, in Sandy, uh, in Southern California and uh, they would be jealous to know that they you caught this in in a lake somewhere. But seeing a fish of this size, a, a striper of this size, being caught in salt water is uh, is pretty rare. So can you can you open the door a little bit and let us know how you target these striped bass specifically? Yeah, of course. So basically, you need like three big things, I would say, and one of it is. Nighttime is definitely the best for it. I have yet to catch one in the daytime, and I've hammered it pretty hard for two years. It just seems like at nighttime, they seem to just light up and bite. You need one is like, you need areas of like a, a river inlet is definitely key. Because the, the thing is, they like to run back in those areas and spawn because they, I guess they need like the fresh water and the salt kind of mix. That brackish water, they really like that for spawn. And you need a lot of water movement. You need big current, whether it be natural current, like a river inlet going into a harbor or unnatural current, like a pump somewhere or something that makes the water move. Like a good example of this would be down the Santa Ana River Inlet. We've gotten them quite a bit there. And um, there's like a little man-made um, thing that, go, that one of the lagoons drains out into. And they'll stack up on that because they like the moving of water because they just sit put in the current and just 
they'll smoke your bait just like that. Yeah. And speaking of bait, so what kind of lures are you using to target striper in, in salt water at these inlets? So yeah, it's just strictly, strictly jerk baits. Honestly, it's mainly, mainly that I'll use SP minnows depending on where I am. It, each river inlet varies in the size of jerk bait you want to use. Like sometimes I'll use the biggest SP minnow I can find depending on the river inlet. It just all depends what bait they're cued on. So like if you look around, you'll see um you'll see like small finger mullet kind of, like our mullet we have out here. They love to eat those things. So mm-hmm. if you see like bigger size mullet that are all schooled up in like a certain area, they'll eat those. So I would recommend the bigger baits. Okay. But st- some inlets where just smell and stuff, I'll throw small stuff. Like I'll throw like a Guggen Squad Scout, honestly, and like smaller jerk baits, and they'll eat that just as good. And also top water yeah, out you- here. You're going to want to probably, what you're getting at is you're going to want to match the hatch, but but sorry for cutting you off out here, out here. What were you going to say? The top water, they miss it a lot because I fished, I fished on the East coast in New Jersey because I used to, I lived in Philadelphia for two years. So I fished striper there. And since you're fishing at nighttime too, they're going to miss, but they do tend to miss your top water a lot. Like we were out last night and we had a big top water miss and The jerk bait, I almost had a connection on that, but he came off unbuttoned. But yeah, top water, you throw spooks, you'll get them. Um, whopper ploppers, they love those. Okay, and are you primarily when you're when you're throwing this top water? Are you uh, are you casting along the shore or straight in the middle of the of the water system? Yeah, so I'll do like almost like diagonal. So most of these river inlets, they have like a ledge, and the striper will sit on the ledges. And just hang low and just looking up and they'll see the the spook working. So you kind of want to go like diagonal from the shore. You want to get like kind of out in the middle, but you don't want to be just like blind casting out in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then with the current or against the current? With, with the current. Got it. Okay. So, so this is just the, the water inlet systems and you mentioned that you had uh, a couple buddies that fish actually in the surf so tell us about surf fishing for striped bass yeah so i've only done it like once or twice but i've met i've met a few guys along the way that i took them to the, the river inlets and stuff and they took me to the surf so in the surf what they mainly get them on is um they'll throw spoons they'll throw spoons for them like very east coast kind of style mm-hmm. and definitely the lucky craft they do like those they're pretty much just like halibut in that regard but they do hang pretty far off the surf sometimes they'll run in shallow but most of the times because i have buddies who dive too and they have seen striper in the surf like if you go down to like crystal cove that's a pretty that's a pretty big hot spot for them mm-hmm. in the summertime but they hang pretty pretty far off the break, so it's kind of hard to cast to. But when they're in shallow, you have a chance of getting them. But your main your main source of luck is going to be at the river inlets when they stage in front of the mouth. So like all those river inlets you see, of like the jetties that go out, they'll stage in front of there and like come like February and stuff, and you have a a lot better chance of getting them. And this is at night too. You want to hit it at night. It is you. It is possible to get in the daytime, but I think they come. They feel more comfortable coming up shallow at night. 
Okay. Yeah, so so speaking of night, uh, moon phases, how do you feel about those and, and how can people use those to their advantage? So basically, um, I, I like to fish, um, you know, the full moon, the new moon. Those are the best times to do it. The new moon is actually very good to do it. But the new moon, you're going to be wanting to throw in like a jerk bait, like Lucky Craft, something that rattles. You want that rattle? they're having a hard time seeing and they hear that rattle and i don't know if it more just triggers like an aggressive strike out of them like it's annoying them but they really seem to like that and um in the surf i would definitely recommend the new moon and um same for the the inlets and stuff you're definitely going to want that new moon the full moon's good too full moon's definitely better for the top water stuff because that that's definitely the way to go for that. But the full moon is really good in the inlets, especially when you want to throw like a spook or something. But for the surf at nighttime, it just jerk baits. I recommend. Yeah. So when you first caught your first striped bass in saltwater, are you are you shocked? Are you surprised? Or were you targeting them for for a long time before you actually made a connection? So my first one ever was um. The first one ever was my buddy had caught one and I didn't believe him because like, you know, I lived on the East Coast. I'm like, there's no striped bass here, just spotties and sand bass and all that sort of thing. And um, I showed me a picture. I'm like, oh, that's a striped bass. And then we tried the spot and I was just using a jerk bait, just messing around. And I honestly was not expecting much. And I didn't get anything on the jerk bait that night. And I came back the second night to the spot. And I had a three-inch swim bait, and I was just running it in, like, rip-roaring current. And I got my first striper, and it was a, a schoolie striper. It was a tiny one. And then I went back there. It was, like, four nights from that night. And then I had gotten a 15-pound striper. And ever since then, I just was hooked. And I just would, did not stop fishing them in every conditions that could match where I caught that one. And so far, there seemed to be in every little inlet, mm-hmm. everywhere the fresh touches of salt. I'm sure I'm sure you're spending a lot of time on Google Maps trying to find uh, trying to find the good spots, huh? It, honestly, the thing that really helped me the most was I had that app Fishbrain, and you can kind of see where people are catching fish because they have like the geo tags on where people catch fish. And I would just look in freshwater inlets, and every now and then you'd find one with like two striper being caught all throughout there, and then I would go fish it, and then sure enough, you catch a striper there. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. So you are, what side of the aisle are you on with catch and release with these striper? I'm a hundred percent catch and release with the striper because I just do not know how many there are because I mean, sometimes it's thick and then sometimes there's nothing like you can like, know. but I think it's more of a time of year thing where they come in the spawn. I've been, uh, we got a company, uh, Gray's fish tags. I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah. We, we actually work with them. Uh, yes. Yeah. We have a couple tags from them. So this, this season we're going to try to stick a couple of them because I want to see where they go. Like for all we know, they could be coming down from San Francisco, you know, in the winter time. Wow. So, so tell me about that gray fish tag. You, you found it and you reported it. Yeah. My, my one buddy did actually, and he bought, uh, a tagging device off of them and then got a bunch of tags 
but we have yet to stick a striper with one. So oh, hopefully, wow. this, hopefully this season we can get a couple tagged. Were you able to tell the origin of the tag that you guys discovered? Oh, no, no, no. We just we just got these tags. We, we oh, you got the tags to yeah, tag. Yeah, we got the tags to tag them to figure out where they go because I'm more interested in figuring out where they come from. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't know if you had caught one that had already been tagged, but yeah, that's awesome to, to actually get that information out there. And um, Roxanne is actually has actually been on the the show from Gray Fish Tag, and oh, wow. some of the some of the things that they find it's it's one of our first episodes. So I suggest giving it a, a listen. She has so much interesting insight on so many species, but. Uh, yeah, it's great to see that that you guys would catch these fish and tag them, and then hopefully we can discover how far they go. Maybe somebody catches them in the surf, you know, hundreds of miles away. That, those are some of the things that they're able to find with the gray fish tag research. Yeah, because awesome. too, like, and like, I I think it's like a fishery that could like boom because like no one really targets them because no one knows they're here, or they just consider them being like a fluke. Because, for example, like when you're fishing those inlets, you're throwing like, you know, little swim baits or spotties and stuff while the striper are kind of just like cruising through on the top of the water. So it's one of those things where it's like there could be a whole fishery here that's just going under the radar. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially with our current story, our, our most recent story about the the surf fishermen that got three striped bass in a row. Uh, it actually caused a little bit of a of a scuffle here in in the newsroom. I mean, people people were saying just in the office here, like this is my bucket list fish. Like we got to go out there, we got to find these fish. It, it it sparks a reaction, and and actually that's why you're on the show today. Somebody suggested that we talk to you and get more information because there there's a big appetite for people trying to mark that off their list to catch a striper in salt water in Southern California. So. It's, uh, it's, it's almost like a Southern California bucket list for so many anglers. So I think you've, you've helped us out today, given us some port pointers and everything. Are there any other tackle tips? I mean, are you using spinning gear? I mean, I'm sure you're using bait casters with, yeah. with, uh, with jerk baits, but any, anything else? Just mainly bait casters with the jerk baits. I mean, you could use spinning gear if you want to throw like a spook or something, but I mean, they're, they're not line shy at nighttime. I've came to that conclusion because I've even thrown like, I broke off my leader one time and I've thrown straight braid and gotten them. Oh yeah. So they're, they're 0% line shy. Um, but the thing is we, we've yet to break like the 30 pound mark, but I know one person who has, who's gotten like a 30 pound striper out here. So there's definitely some bigger class fish. And that's like what we're working on. So you can fish heavy for them because I know there's big ones in there. And if you hook them, you want to be ready for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so tell me about, you guys have a, a pretty successful YouTube channel. It's the, the hog squad fishing channel on YouTube. Uh, tell me how this got started and, and who's all in the, the hog squad as you guys call yourselves. Yeah. So I, I started it, um, it was during COVID, during quarantine and everything. I had started it and, um, you know, I was bored and like, I just figured, like, you know, why not try to do what you love and try to like make it something you want to do with the rest of your life, you know? And then my buddies that always fish with me, they're in it. My buddy Dylan Plantinga and then my buddy Tyler Doan, he works down at Melton's Tackle, but 
he's he's always in the the hog spot videos and then jim he's like um i actually bought my boat from him i have a 21 foot striper so i fish like pretty much everywhere i'll fish catalina san clemente island offshore tuna i try to just do it all and um I bought my boat from him and we actually ended up becoming really good friends and I fish on his Farallon all the time. He got a brand new Farallon, which is like coolest boat ever, honestly, <laughs> the things decked out. But yeah, so just all of us and we, I just film and fish, try to just keep it going, try to like teach people what you like, what to do. And I remember I was doing the channel and inshore stuff. I wanted to do a striper video for so long and I was just debating. One of my biggest debates was like, let's just say I put this out. Like, will people do the right thing with it? Because if everyone just caught and kept Striper, they would just vanish. Because I'm pretty sure there's just not that much of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had some of those moments where it's like, if I post this, like, hopefully I do the right thing, you know? Because that's why in the video I try to make it a big point that we're catching or releasing these fish and making sure they live another day. Because yeah. Yeah, you don't want the the shorelines to be too crowded with people, but you you want to show people it's possible. I mean, that's that's the thing and and like you said at the beginning of this that you know, you might be able to tell somebody you know, how how you catch them or where you might catch them, but it it really depends on the angler if you're able to put in the time. It's it's not just becoming an, an overnight success when you're targeting the species. You're going to need to know what you're doing. Yep. Cause I promise, I promise you guys listening, if you, if you go out there first try thinking you're going to just nail them and lights out, it's, it's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> it, it takes a long time to learn these fish. Like you'll, you'll get a few here and there. I would say there's a home guard population of striper and they're anywhere from schoolie size, like very small to like eight pounds. And that's like the home guard population. Huh. And, um, they just kind of live around. They, they bite really good at like dusk. I don't know why, but like once it gets dusk, like you'll, you'll get a couple of those if you're lucky and they're year round. So they're all around they'll run the surf they're year round, but the bigger ones come in to spawn. I believe I'm not entirely sure. Like in your article, mm-hmm. like you caught them off the surf and the beach, they're staging up. That's what they do. And, um, they're, so they're, they're starting to cruise in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're like you said, they're they're looking for that brackish water, and if you can find that at those inlets, I mean, that that kind of narrows your chances and and makes it more possible to catch these fish. Yeah, exactly. the The brackish water is the key, in my opinion. Like, you just you just need it, and like the surf zones outside of those river inlets are always pretty good. But the problem is, like, we've been getting a lot of rain. Once, once it rains, it kills the fishing for them because, like, that those inlets become just trash. And, like, you know, you're throwing a jerkbait through there and you're, you're snagging everything. Yeah. It's so, it, I guess, taking a, a bigger look at this whole thing, is would you say that there is a, a season for striped bass in saltwater? Or is it kind of an all-year thing? So, it, it's an all-year thing for, the, for like, your striper year-round. But the ones, the bigger ones that come in the breed, they, um, there's a season for them and it, it, it's a wintertime thing. So it, it's definitely a grind. It's definitely a grind, but the bigger ones come in the winter, like, like last night, for example, 
I had a big one wake on my bait and it just hit it, but to no avail, sadly. But yeah, they're the winter times, the best time for the big ones. Awesome. So you're out there already. You're, you're, you've been fishing it every night so far or, or every so often. I, this was just a test if they're around and like, cause I, I saw your guys' article. So <laughs> I was like, Oh, let's go look, but they're not thick right now. That's for sure. I mean, it's, it's more of that home guard kind of action, but it should be coming thick. Like February, late February and March is pretty good. Okay. All right. Hey, well, we'll be looking out for photos from you, uh, from what you get on your, uh, your nights out there. So feel free to send them in and, uh, give us a little report on your, your travels here at night. Yeah, I, I definitely will. I'll send you when I get them, but Perfect. I'll, I'll make a video too. Right now we're actually working on like a, a documentary style video. So make 40 minutes long. Oh, and Wow. We, yeah, we start, we start, we're starting up in Marina. Well, we're trying to start up in Marina Del Rey because that is a hot spot for saltwater striper. Okay. Hey, and then you're going to work your way down to, to Huntington? Huntington and Pass. We're going to try working our way down to even, um, I want to try working down to even San Diego. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of a Southern California tour for striper. That would be awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Cause we've, I've seen them as far down as Oceanside, so... Yeah, they're out there. So if you haven't already, stay tuned to the Hog Squad Fishing Channel on YouTube, and you can see what Dylan and all of his buddies are up to. They're always catching something crazy. And uh, if you have a crazy catch that you'd like to share with us here at the Western Outdoor News offices, just visit wonews.com and click the Reader Submission button. You can attach a photo and send it to us with all the pertinent information, and you, you yourself can end up in an issue of Western Outdoor News. But for now, this has been the Western Outdoor News Podcast. We'll see you next week with another interesting guest. Mm-hmm.